Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Being in the playoffs, the other thing, like I said to y'all last night, is these players, they earned it. And, um, you know, the last four games of the year to be where we were at after those six games wasn't easy, but they they fought. And um, that's a credit to them. That's a credit to our coaches, like I said. On the day, I guess it would have been Tuesday, two days after we played Detroit with that tough loss, um, we talked about setting a, a date and you know there's a I, I had a index card made that we gave to all the players this is this is what it was I don't know if y'all can see it but this right here was a little card that we had made that was uh Sunday January 3rd 2021 at 7 p.m and we had a helmet in our in our below it in our building that was going to show who our opponent was and we weren't sure if it was going to be four and oh or if it was going to be three and one but here we are January 3rd and we're, we're able to, to play the saints. And so I want our guys to understand that and feel that that's also a credit to um, everybody in the building. And we would not have been able to do that. It's not one person. There's a togetherness um, with everybody. And so it starts at the top with myself and Ryan and ownership. Um, it starts with all of our coaches. You go through that stretch that we went through. Uh, it's not easy, but we stuck together through all of it. And, uh, and then the players felt that and then they went and did it and our coaches felt it and they went and did it. And so now here we are new season. There's a great energy and we're excited to get to, to get to uh, play the Saints. There it is, Alyssa. It's a new season. That was Bears coach, Matt Nagy. We've had all the emotions with him all year, right? He's been mad. He's been happy. Now he's excited. The bears are playoff bound. How you feel about it? You know, that was definitely a shock considering, you know, like he mentioned the six game losing streak that the lowest moment after that Lions game when everyone expected and, you know, was encouraging the Bears to clean house right then and there. And to, you know, he's right. You know, you have to give the credit to the players and the coaching staff and how they battled back and, you know, they earned a playoff spot. I know they had to get a little help there because that, that Green Bay game, the way, the way that they got into the playoffs, it's not ideal. It's not something that gives you a lot of confidence. I mean, uh, getting beat by Green Bay twice that badly and knowing that from here on out, the competition's only going to get more difficult. You know, you're not going to be facing the Texans. You're not going to be facing the Vikings. You know, so you're not going to be facing the Jaguars. So from here on out, they're going to have to play near perfect football. But, you know, what Matt Nagy was saying is true you know it's it's nice to be back in the playoffs and it's kind of you know i'm sure he's loving it too because now this is the second time in three years that they made the playoffs with matt nagy you know obviously eight and eight isn't where you want to be but you know ryan they're in the playoffs we'll see what happens from here and anything can happen in the playoffs nobody uh, you know discredits you for backing your way in and that's what happened right they had to get help the arizona cardinals provided that help they uh, they could not beat the rams with a backup quarterback and uh, that paves the way for the bears to get in the playoffs i don't love the matchup Alyssa. i don't love the that they have to go play the saints who are really good and then if they find a way to beat the saints guess who they get to play next the freaking packers it's automatic <laughs> so uh i don't don't love their path, 
But really what I think is so interesting about this, and you kind of just hit on it, and you can tell by the way Matt Nagy's talking about how it took a whole effort to overcome that six-game losing streak. And you're right. After that Lions loss, we were all ready. Everyone, the fans, you, me, everyone. Even I think Matt Nagy's family. They were ready to blow it up, right? Every, everyone was done. The head coach was gone. The GM was gone. The president was gone. The quarterbacks, both of them, Foles, Trubisky, gone. It was time to clean house. They do beat up on a kind of a weak schedule down the stretch. Lose to Green Bay in Week 17, that game I've been looking forward to. And they still find their way into the playoffs because they got some help. And if we're being honest, they're in the playoffs, Alyssa, right? Because it was a weak NFC this year. A very weak NFC where you have two teams that don't have winning records. You're, the Bears at 8-8 eight and eight and Washington at 7-9. and nine. They're both in, whereas on the AFC side, you have a team in the Miami Dolphins that had 10 wins and didn't get in. So it was a weak NFC this year. I think there's no doubting that. They're a little bit lucky, fortunate to be in the playoffs, especially after losing six in a row. But I think what's super interesting here is that there's already been reports. It didn't take long that the Bears are expecting Matt Nagy to be back next year, right? So we kind of joked around about this last week on the podcast that if the Bears get in the playoffs, it's a good chance that we're still going to have Matt Nagy. It's a good chance we're going to have Ryan Pace. If Mitch Trubisky is playing well, and he's definitely playing better football, not perfect, still reminding us why the uh, Bears didn't pick up his fifth-year option, I think, at times. Uh, but he's playing better, and I- I'm hearing rumblings out there that maybe he could be back on a one- or two-year deal. So if the Bears end up you know, having a short-lived stay in the playoffs here, if they get bounced in the first round, go into next year with the same outfit, and just stay around mediocre, right? It just continue to be stuck in mediocrity. Is that a good thing, right? Will we look back on this playoff run and be like, oh, I'm glad that happened. That was good. I know fans are going to be excited about them being in the playoffs, but I think is, is it doing more harm than good where we went from, as you said, after that Lions game, blow it all up to now we're like, bring it all back. We made the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like That is a really fun, interesting dynamic that we're going to be following. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, what you're saying, about after that that six game losing streak and you know whether they just got a cleaned house you did look at like their schedule coming after that and some of the teams they faced and you know despite all the talk of tanking like even with with the jaguars you know nfl players and teams they do not tank so i still think that the bears are just like in no man's land they're like they weren't going to get a high draft pick where they're going to be able to get one of those top tier quarterbacks so this is not the year where they're going to go out and they're going to get a first-year starter. So I think it still makes sense to bring Trubisky back on a one-year deal. Maybe now with, you know, he just hasn't performed well against Green Bay. But most Bears quarterbacks haven't. Um, but at the same time, like, I bringing him back on a one-year deal, maybe, you know, a two-year deal, maybe with a team option, you know, that makes the most sense at this point. I think if anything, the changes for uh, 2021 should come on the coaching staff. And I think that Chuck Pagano is somebody, yes. whether they win or lose his job, I think could certainly should, should certainly be at stake because this is a defense where he inherited. It was a number one defense with some really elite talent and some building blocks on this defense. Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, and Akeem Hicks. Like they, there is a whole bunch of talent and they're still there in place. They're still there, and this defense has just regressed, and especially over the last seven weeks where they were around 11th or, like, top 10 DVOA, and they've dipped to, like, 28th 
it's kind of like, you know, just really alarming when you consider what's happening. No doubt. And, you know, it's definitely scheme, I think, that you have to look at. So, you know, Chuck Pagano, I definitely think his job's at stake. You know, Matt Nagy, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he's back. It makes sense, uh, you know, to obviously tie him with Ryan Pace as well. So, I mean, I, I still wonder if a, a loss to the Saints, a blowout loss to the Saints, which could likely be happening because they have the, lo- the their longest losing streak against an active NFL team is New Orleans, and they haven't beaten them since 2008. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up Chuck Pagano because he was on my list, and, and I figured we'd get into this Green Bay game, and he's highlighted on my list. Like, I think Matt LaFleur, the young stud head coach for the Packers, kind of coached circles around Chuck Pagano and you look at it the Bears uh, I mean it wasn't a perfect start but they they do get a nice touchdown to start the game right a long drive they convert a fourth down they play it conservative they're running the football they go up seven nothing I'm like okay good that's a good start this is what we want and then the Packers answer and the Bears go down and get a field goal and it's like you know and I didn't love the short field goals and, and we'll talk about that for sure I, I'm, I'm gonna nitpick that coming up But then there's that play that really kind of blew the game open was the deep ball to MVS. Aaron Rodgers to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 72 yards, where the Bears dial up a blitz, and it doesn't even bother Rodgers. He just flicks his wrist, and MVS is running down the field with uh, Danny Trevathan trying to catch him, right? We got a linebacker on one of the best deep ball receivers in football in MVS. He's been killing it all year, and he's I think he leads the league in average yards per catch. And somehow, Trevathan is trying to run down the field with MVS, and we all know how that turned out. And I just think there was like little things like that in the game where it's like, what are the Bears doing on defense? What happened on D? MVS was wide open again later in the game, and he dropped one, right? I mean, this game got away from the Bears, and you said it, regressed. They have. They've regressed. Why? Like, why has the defense gotten worse? The defense had some chances at some turnovers, too, in this game. They just couldn't quite haul them in, right? I mean, there's a couple, there was one series there where Rodgers threw a couple interceptable balls and the Bears dropped them. And it's just frustrating. And, and not all of that's on Pagano, but a lot of it is. And I think he is, I think they should move on from him, honestly. I don't think he's even on the hot seat. I think we've seen enough over the second half of this season to justify moving on. No, definitely. And you brought up Danny Trevathan and pass coverage, which, you know, it, it's ridiculous because you, you've seen, he's seen it all year. Like we know that Danny Trevathan not be dropping back in pass coverage. It just does not work. The same thing has happened repeatedly. And yet here we go. And I know that, you know, they were not Roquan Smith. They were not Jalen Johnson, Buster Screen. Like they have injuries, but again, that's, you know, not it. But one thing that you did bring up was, the takeaways, which that was something back when they were the best defense of the NFL in 2018. They led the league. They had 27 interceptions, just interceptions, because we're talking about the dropped opportunities. When Aaron Rodgers isn't someone that's going to give you many of those. So, And he gave them three chances to do it, and they still couldn't come down with one. They had 27 interceptions in 2018. Last, the last two years, they've had 10. It's a significant drop-off. And someone, you know, like a couple of the players like Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson, guys that normally you can count on in those kind of situations, to come down with the interceptions and the, the big game-changing plays, it just hasn't been there for them this year. And Eddie Jackson dropping one, you know, Kendall Vildor dropping one, I think Barkidius Mingo dropped one. Like, it was just really infuriating. That's the thing with the defense that really made them go in 2018 were the takeaways, and that's something that hasn't been there this year. And especially against the Packers' defense, 
sorry, Packers offense, you can't play. You, you, you can't play like that. You have to take advantage of every opportunity, especially when Aaron Rodgers is trying to hand out free interceptions. Yeah, no, we talked about it last week. They had to play their best game of the season. They did not play their best game of the season, Alyssa, but hey, we're playoff bound. So we'll, <laughs> we're going to keep talking about it. We'll talk about what went wrong against the Packers. We'll talk about the Bears' chances to pull an upset against the Saints. I don't know if you could tell by my tone of voice. I'm not feeling too great about their chances here. Uh, but first, here's some sports betting advice. We'll be right back. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren, joined by Jeff Clark of SportsbookWire.com and BetSlip and Podcast. The wild card round is here. We have six-game playoff slate in the NFL this week. Jeff, I can't wait. We're going to tee up the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. BetMGM Sportsbook has this pegged as a three-and-a-half-point line. Baltimore Ravens, road favorites. Plus 100 to cover and win by four. Yeah, I'm on the road favorites. I'll lay the three and a half. They're better on two sides of the ball, uh, special teams and defense. They have a better coach or a more experienced coach with a championship pedigree. And I don't see Lamar Jackson going 0-3 versus the Tennessee Titans. I'm on the Titans. Plus three and a half. That's too big for me. They can keep this within a field goal. Derrick Henry coming into the playoffs in excellent form. Ryan Tannehill, an excellent season. And two great receivers there in A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Titans stay within three. I'll give the winning edge to the Ravens. So, Alyssa, I go back to the opening drive of the game where the Bears put together this nice little drive. They go for it on a fourth down, which I loved. Uh, I mean, you've got to be aggressive against it. There's only one way to beat Aaron Rodgers. And, and a team that's averaging over 30 points per game, they get the best offensive football in terms of scoring points. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to put points on the board. So that opening drive where they're, you know, they're, they're doing their thing, they're playing their game plan, they're running the football, even on third and long, right? We saw them running the football, setting up these fourth and shorts, but they kept going for it, and I love that. They go for it six times on fourth down, but it didn't really make that much sense when you're kicking a 27, 30, and 20-yard field goal in the game. I, I just I can't stand that. I don't understand why coaches are so conservative like that around the goal line. They just will settle for the three so often. And kicking a bunch of field goals against Aaron Rodgers, you just have no chance of winning that ball game. Green Bay is going to score around 30 points. You just know it. You can bring that to the bank. They do it every single game. You know you have to get up in the high 20s, into the 30s to have a chance to beat them. Kicking a bunch of short field goals does not get that done. So I thought, yeah, it's fine to be aggressive on fourth down and all that. But why not be aggressive in these, you know, goal to go situations? Why are we kicking a 20 yard field goal? You know, three point. I know it was a close game in the fourth quarter. It was 21 16. But imagine if the Bears just go for it on a couple of those and score a touchdown. Like, you know, you're in the same spot, literally almost the same exact spot. So I, I just hated them settling for three short field goals. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, that was definitely something I disagreed with because, like you mentioned, against this Packers offense, when you're playing the Packers, you need to be able to put up touchdowns. And the red zone struggles are nothing new for the Bears this year. I feel like Matt Nagy, uh, he, he talked about that after the game, too, about how, you know, not coming away with touchdowns in the red zone. And they were in the red zone five times, and they had they scored one touchdown. So, like, that cannot happen can't beat the Packers against doing that. these teams like the Packers in the playoffs. That, against the Saints, that's not going to get it done. And he, can, he said it all year because the red zone struggles have been – noticeable all year and it's still we gotta score touchdowns okay it's the same old thing same old song here so what are you gonna do about it and this was a game where if anything i know you're you're fighting for your playoff lives at this point 
you need to be bold. You know, you saw them, you saw how he was bold a little later on in the game going for it on the four down, but like it was, it wasn't there in the beginning. And you kind of wonder if he had been a little bold, like you said, in those, in those goal to go situations, you know, I know the game was close in the fourth quarter, but you know, how close is it? Did they, would they have a lead? Because the one goal for the bears and early after that first drive, and I still think if the bears won the coin toss, I think they would have, uh, taking the ball, to be honest, because I think you have to play with a lead yeah. against this Packers team. That's That was their best bet, and they did play with the lead. You know, they the time of possession was great, but they weren't able to take advantage when they did have an opportunity. 16 points against the Packers is not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done against the Saints. They need to find a way to convert on in the red zone. I mean, it's simple enough. And, you know, until they do that, they're going to be one and done in the playoffs. And I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Chuck Pagano in the last segment. I mean, the Packers had this freak injury in practice where they lose their left tackle. He's one of the best tackles in football, (laughs) David Bakhtiari, right? He's not in this game. The Bears could not take advantage of that. They couldn't dial up anything that really... One sack. One sack. And they forced a couple of bad throws, but... The Packers still put up 35 points. They're still hitting deep throws down the field. I mean, it was it was frustrating. And yeah, I think there was just a inconsistency in the play calling in the uh, in the game plan and inconsistency in the play calling. Alyssa, that's interesting. OK, I read this somewhere and I want to get your take on it. I heard that Matt Nagy is starting to get a little bit more involved in the play calling. Now, I think Bill Lazor is still doing the play calling, but he's starting to just like get a little bit more involved. He's starting to maybe call a few plays himself and it's almost like he needs his fix we know that's his favorite thing in the world is calling the plays right it's almost like he needs to get his like he, he's like an addict he needs to get his fix he needs to call a couple <laughs> plays matt stay away stay the hell away from the play calling please trubisky was starting to get on a roll he's got a better he seems to have a much better chemistry with laser calling the plays can matt Nagy please step away Alyssa? just leave it alone let laser call the plays did you hear about this that he's starting to take on a little bit more of an act he's starting to just, you know, just nudge his way in there a little bit call a few plays here and there yeah i think uh, that story uh, popped up when they uh, in this uh, when they were talking about Nagy returning to chicago and they're like oh i think it was uh, ian rapaport and he was like oh nat Nagy's starting to have a little more say in plays i'm like oh well that explains the cole commit like a couple weeks ago i was <laughs> oh. like that reeks of nat Nagy, and now we know that he you know he's starting to have a little bit more input which again that's just his own his pride like he can't step back and that's my biggest fear about keeping him next year and him coming back is he he just can't he doesn't know he knows when to step back a little bit apparently he learned but he can't stay away forever <laughs> and he needs to because the offense has looked well without him so just accept it matt just accept it just go do your job as head coach don't stay away from the stay offense. Away. Let Laser do his job stay because away, it was working. I know it was against you know worse defenses, but it was working. And you can tell some of the play calls that Matt Nagy had a hand in, so they didn't work. And it looked like again he's trying to run his offense at times, and it's just not working. Like being in shotgun on fourth and one, and just like when you were quarterback sneaked it like the entire time, like little things like that. I'm like, oh, that's Matt Nagy play, and you could definitely see that. And again, that's the fear coming back next year it's gonna it feels like it's gonna be a repeat of last year yes. maybe hopefully not as bad you could if they bring Trubisky back and it's not Nick Foles the entire time who can't move at all back there 
So it's that's the same. It's again with Matt Nagy. That's the fear is he's he can't he doesn't know when he doesn't know how to give up control completely. And we, we saw how that affected the offense. Stay away, Matt. Stay away. What happened? Stay away. You start meddling and the Bears. All of a sudden they score 16 points again. Like, come on. Like we there was a good thing going here. What are you doing? Stay away, Matt. Please. <laughs> there needs to get an intervention with Matt Nagy here. Gosh. Oh, man. He needs to keep doing the little things in the locker room, like creating those little helmets and those inspirational little uh, cue cards and all that. <laughs> All that stuff you see on the high school level. Just keep doing that, Matt. Whatever's going to keep you busy. My God, just stay away from the play calling. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, so, uh, all right. So the Bears are, they opened as a nine and a half point underdog, Alyssa. It's climbing. They're now a 10 point underdog, according to my app at the time of this recording. The money line odds are at plus 390, meaning a $100 bet on the Bears would fetch you 490 in return. They are a massive, massive underdog in this ball game. Want to get your take on, on what kind of upset chances they have. I mean, uh, what it is is it reeks of a number two versus number seven seed mismatch, right? That's what it kind of reeks of. Even with the Saints, they got some issues, right? I mean, Drew Brees recently came back from 11 fractured ribs in a collapsed lung. He's trying to play through that. He's still not 100%. There's no doubt about that. The Saints had Alvin Kamara land on the COVID list. He had a positive test, which means if this game was going to be played on Saturday, he would have been unavailable. But since the game is on Sunday, Kamara is actually eligible to return, but he'll have to be away from the facility the entire week until game day. So he won't be around his team, his teammates, any of that. No reps, nothing. So I don't know. Does that affect Kamara? Does that limit his reps? Michael Thomas has not been right all year long, right? He's been on and off IR. So the Saints have all kinds of things going on. Like, they're not exactly, like, clicking on all cylinders here. They haven't had their full lineup, I don't think, for any game. Who knows what's going to happen on Sunday night. So you'd like to think the Bears have a chance. But for me, it's like, oh, I, don't, I don't like their chances. So why don't I like their chances in this game? I think it's going to go bad. Because this is the Bears, and we know how this Bears team is. You can't trust them. I mean, you were asking me during the break about if I would, you know, if I'd be willing to put down fifty dollars on them, and I was like, to win the Super Bowl, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to waste well, my yeah, money so, on. So let's, uh, yeah, so let's rehash that one, Alyssa, because you didn't have to give me your answer. So, so a futures <laughs> bet on the Bears. They're uh, they're plus ten thousand to win the Super Bowl, which means if you were just to bet fifty dollars, Alyssa, fifty bucks. You know, it's like a take of gas. Come on. What are we talking about? $50 and the Bears win the Super Bowl. You'd get over five grand in return. So you, you don't you're not you're not feeling that you don't think there's a good chance there. <laughs> I feel like any money that I bet on the Bears is going to be wasted money. I mean, that would be really nice if you see for nice. But I mean, I, agree. I, just, I, I don't know how I could put money on this team. It's. Oh, God. Can't, uh, <laughs> I'm going to save my $50 unless maybe I can start a GoFundMe and maybe there you go. donate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's put that on Bears Wire. Put it on Twitter. I'm sure the Bears fans will back you to uh, to bet on the Bears to win the Super Bowl. And then if they if they get there, my God, that'd be some that'd be a fun uh, podcast content. There's no doubt about that. I don't oh, yeah. know. I just feel like the Bears are the definition of a mediocre football team, right? I think they got a mediocre mm-hmm. quarterback, a mediocre coach. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. They're the last team in the playoffs, and I just – it's hard to feel like they have a chance to make a run here, and it's hard to feel like anything's going to change next season. I don't want to dampen the excitement of the playoffs. We, we played the clip of Matt Nagy, you know, to start the show. He's excited. The Bears players are excited. Fans, I'm sure, are excited. There's nothing better than watching your team play in the playoffs, and Bears fans get to do that on Sunday in that late afternoon spot. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad we get to come back next week and break it all down, and I'm excited for it. But it's hard when you look at the future and the long range thing, Alyssa, like 
we went from blowing the whole thing up to maybe bringing everyone back. And for me, I'm, this, I'm just not super comfortable about going into next season and having the same conversations over and over and over again. And at the end of next season, are the Bears going to be right around 500 and one of the last teams in the playoffs again and with no chance of winning the Super Bowl, right? So that's kind of where my fears are at right now. Yeah, this has been a team that's just kind of been stuck in mediocrity for decades at this point. And, you know, looking at this game too, you know, you, you want to give that, you know, I know looking at um, the two or the three seed against the six seed, and that's normally where, you know, you have some, you know, like the Eagles beat the bears and, you know, like, so there are a couple of surprises there, but at the same time, I don't think this bears team stands a chance that they're going to play like they did. Uh, I remember, I think I read online, someone said the bears are the worst. Remember how they were the worst five and one team ever. They're, they're the worst yes. three and one, three and one team, four and one team, five and one team ever. Right, right, and now right, they're right. the worst seven seed, which <laughs> I mean, the worst. they're one of their only two seven seeds. So they're the worst <laughs> but, seven seed in NFL history. Is that what they're getting now? Yes. Yeah, so they're the worst seven seed in NFL history. They can't win. They can't win even when they do. Right? No, no. So, Hey, that, that's what it is. So like, yeah, like I don't want to dampen the excitement, you know, but it is what it is. And, you know, the Bears are – it's just so many question marks, and we'll get into it next week. There's so many question marks surrounding this team going forward. What are they going to do at quarterback? You know, right now they're going to be picking around number 20 in the draft as a playoff qualifier, right? So we'll be getting to that. But I don't know. Like, what are you looking for in this game? Like, what do they have to do to keep it close? We were talking last week about them. Just They had to play a perfect game against the Packers. I think they played their best football for spurts, but definitely not for four quarters. You might be able to get away with a little bit more against the Saints, but not much more, right? That's a that's a tough team. They got good players on both sides of the ball, and they really they they're hard to run the ball against. And I feel like if the Bears can't establish Montgomery on the ground, which there's a little bit less resistance against the Packers, right? There's more resistance against the Saints. If they can't get Montgomery going and they can't have Mitch Trubisky, you know, fooling the linebackers and, and doing those play action fakes and stuff. It could be a long day. It could be a long day. I think there's a reason why the line is double digits. But what do you think they got to do to uh, keep it close, keep it within a score late and have a chance? I mean, kind of like the same thing they did against the Packers. And you're talking about you have to keep up with this team defense. They're going to have to play one of their best games, which, I mean, we tried. they tried that against the Packers. didn't really work. I know, you know, you can look at the first matchup back in week eight that they played and it went to overtime and the Bears only lost by three. But these teams are in completely different places now you know defense back then was you know playing some of its best football and now it's been like completely regressed and they're missing you know potentially they're going to be without again some of their biggest you know playmakers on defense and you know the offense is coming off a rough game but the offense is going to have to i think playing with a lead again they're going to need to be aggressive they're going to need to score in the red zone on offense as simple as that mm-hmm. just like with the packers you have to put you have to score touchdowns because with alvin Kamara and michael thomas and drew Brees, i know drew Brees isn't the Drew Brees of, you know, several years ago, but he's still Drew Brees and he knows how to get the ball to his playmakers. And I think the Bears need to bring pressure on him. Like you said, he's recovering from some fractured ribs. Hit so, him the ribs. You know, make him feel uncomfortable back there. Hit like him. it's some of the Hit same him. things. Hit him. Which, you know, that'd be asking for asking a lot. So Robert Quinn, Glenn Mack, it's time to show up. <laughs> So everyone should be checking on Bears Wire, check on Jalen Johnson, check on Roquan Smith. Uh, you know, these are key pieces that the Bears, they need everybody, anyone and everyone, anyone who can help stop the Saints and, and keep this thing close. I'm hoping for a ball game, but I just don't, you know, at the same time, I don't really think it's going to happen. I don't believe myself when I'm wishing for that. You know what I mean? I don't feel like it's super realistic, but a guy can dream. 
hey, the Bears kept it close with the Packers until the fourth quarter, and then reality set in. So we could be in for a similar thing happening on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not a bad football team. They're just a mediocre one, right? So, yeah, they could keep yeah. it close for a while, but can they keep it close for four quarters? That's we'll, we'll see. But either way, we'll be back next week, and we'll either have an amazing upset win to talk about, which would be super fun, and then another date with the Packers, which I'm sure you'd, you know, you're already, you know. You're, you're, <laughs> I'm cringing already, yeah, you're, Ryan. <laughs> you're, you're cringing already, exactly. Or we'll be back next week to wrap up uh, kind of a crazy wild bear season, which was at the, the epitome of a roller coaster ride. So either way, we'll be back next week. But Alyssa, enjoy some playoff football this weekend. I'm going to enjoy the other five games and, you know, my triple header on them. And then, <laughs> and then I'm going to try to survive through the Bears game. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll talk to everyone next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.